0: Welcome to the Weekly Spot. You are tuned into episode 83. Today, we are going to cover free agency. There's a lot of moves going on, and we're going to talk about our favorites, our least favorites, what we think about the ones that have happened, as well as some of the best remaining available free agents left on the market that your team might be interested in. And then after that, we're going to do our patented Would You Rather um, which is our famous off-season filler content that you love, and we will be diving into that and going through some really exciting and interesting hypotheticals and what we would prefer within those. But first and foremost, want to introduce my co-hosts, Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan. How you guys doing?
1: The, the Packers have had a, a slow free agent season here, so not too much excitement on, on that front. But
0: uh, Hey, Adam you know. Jones... Aaron Do you know
1: you mean Aaron Aaron Jones I'm I, I taking Aaron Jones, Jones. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah Aaron Jones uh, I mean he's a dynamic player
1: yeah but we also re-signed Kevin King which is you know uh, a decision that was made that's about all <laughs> I can say about
0: about that one uh, well I got you beat you ready for this one the Eagles signed Jill Flacco yeah but that's a
1: new that you can at least be a little bit excited like oh that's a nice you know backup mentor jalen hurts kind of thing you know no kevin (laughs) king we know what kevin king is we know what aaron jones is great but uh i want a new face in there to spice things i don't want to just run it back and lose in the nfc championship for the third year in a row
0: you know i mean i feel that but also you know what were the other options out there right true i don't know not kevin
1: king anyone <laughs> else anybody else, <laughs> anybody else? <laughs> literally anybody else richard sherman no you do not want him His own guy. Was, it at,
0: was it at least a team-friendly deal i mean is there you know let's say you draft somebody is there yeah
1: not you, the de- the details aren't all out yet but it seems like it's pretty low base and then a lot of incentives so it could end up being like two million dollars for him to sort of prove it your deal because you he's can, yeah been subpar
2: you can do a lot worse with him as like a french starter like if like you draft a rookie have him start and he gets injured start kevin king who's actually had experience so it could be worse it could be worse also that's my guy so it could be but not much
0: <laughs> durgan do you want to explain why that's your guy i know we referenced this quite a yes, bit uh, on the podcast anytime casey complains about him
2: we went to high school we went, we went to high school together uh he was a year younger than me i played football with him uh I ran track with him his brother was a year older than me his brother actually the a better high school football player than Kevin was, uh, so that's pretty crazy. But, yeah, you know, he's a good guy. I've known him for a long time. Whenever I see him in the area, he says what's up to me. So, we're not friends, but we're, we're friendly. Yeah. No, I feel that. We're good. Yeah. We're cool. We're cool. But um, nice. I'm doing better than Casey, and we'll explain that later. Uh, is making some moves. But uh, I did some quick math. After this episode, we have five episodes left to the draft. So this off season, in my opinion, is flying by. Uh, after that, I'll go very, very slow. But you know, it, things are uh, heating up, and I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah, we're we're getting right into the peak of the off season when things get the most exciting. Yep. Um, so let's talk about some of the free agency and, and the the frenzy that we saw um, so far. Some interesting signings. Some that I I love. Some that I'm not sure about. But. Um, we can start with, with you, Derek. I know that there's mm-hmm. some 49er signings, and you just mentioned you're doing much better than Casey. Why don't you explain <laughs>
2: why? Uh, so the Niners have done a good job re-signing all their priority free agents. Uh, On the lesser extent, they re-signed their nose tackle, D.J. Jones, re-signed cornerbacks, Jason Verrett, one Williams, uh, just Quiskey tart All these guys are one-year cheap deals, which is kind of surprising. And the fact that they don't have any better offers out there, and uh, the fact that is saying, all right, we're going to run it back, even though we went 6-10 you know, and 10 this past year, confident in our long-term uh, chances of being good. And of course, the crown jewel, the silverback, Trent Williams, is the most uh, highest-paid offensive lineman, uh, barely beating uh, Bakhtiari by $100,000, which is so petty, uh, but so awesome. He almost went to the Chiefs, which, I mean, I'm glad he's at the Niners, but I don't know why he would turn down the Chiefs. My opinion. But hey, everybody has their own thing. Uh, good for him. All that bullshit you had to go through in Washington or like Daniel Schneider didn't believe that he had, like, a very serious health care in terms of him like possibly having cancer, but luckily he didn't. But Schneider didn't believe him, which is no surprise to any of us. Uh, But he's he's good friends with the Shanahan family. Like he said, like, before he signed, he spent a whole day with uh, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's dad, who was his coach in Washington. So I, I don't know if Trent Williams is the best left tackle. He's a little older. But he's definitely top three, top five. So I am definitely cool with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest signing for for the Niners for sure. Yeah. I'm a little hesitant because he's 32 years old and he signed a big, big deal, you know, and yeah. uh, you know that gets up a lot of cap. And you got Debo coming up and IU coming up, and uh, you know you have Joey Bosa come or not Joey Nick Bosa Nick. coming up. So Red Warner. Yeah, a lot of guys that you're gonna have to pay, and that that gets tighter and tighter. And uh, you know, it sort of seems like it may be the perfect time to get a quarterback on their rookie deal i think so if you're going to be paying all those guys that's that's when you do it you got the team around them this might be the year especially with draft positions the 49ers try to make a push where they have to trade assets to to go up and get one or not tbd but uh that's sort of how it's feeling to to me for the 49ers at least um in other news, uh, Cal Fuller to to Miami. I think they're they're really pushing and starting to make some moves.
2: No, we'll, uh, Will already, Fuller. Will Fuller. Will, will Fuller. Fuller.
1: Yeah, I'm all over the place here. You're
0: all over the place. Uh, These Kyle Fuller <laughs> did go to the
1: Broncos though. Former Bear um, reunites with Vic Fangio there. I think that's a good signing for for them. Will Fuller, who I wanted for the Packers, is now in Miami. Uh, all of a sudden, the NFC AFC East is looking stacked looking looking good the Patriots we talked about them last year well everyone but the Jets uh, we'll say the the Bills are looking good the Dolphins are looking good uh, and the Patriots are trying to make a little bit of a resurgence here so that could be a very competitive division going into next year which which could be fun to watch um and you mentioned Kansas City and, and losing out on Trent Williams. They've lost out on a, a, a couple of guys now. Juju Smith-Schuster chose to go back to Pittsburgh for what looks like less money than he was being offered by Kansas City. Josh Reynolds from L.A. also decided not to go with them. So maybe that Super Bowl pull and that competitiveness is not as strong as we thought it might be. Um you know, I don't know why that that is, but it doesn't seem like people are given sort of that competitive advantage discount to, to go to a competitor and go try to win. Um. I like the the Galladay signing for the Giants I think he's maybe a little bit pricey and they they overpaid a little bit but you got to figure out what Daniel Jones is and you got to give him the weapons to figure that out unlike the the Jets did where they just said hey Sam Darnold throw these practice squad guys and see what happens you know that's that's not a great way to evaluate your young quarterback and decide what you want to do going forward so at least the Giants are giving him some weapons and, and he has some tools there to, to, to really give them a good evaluation so they can decide whether they want to re-sign him and move forward with him as sort of their franchise guy or or move away from him in a couple of years
0: yeah and you know kansas city is struggling but they did get kyle long which helps that offensive line i think quite a bit
1: out of retirement so
0: yeah so i like that i like that a lot i think the the will fuller to miami is going to be one of the biggest moves in this free agency i'm going to say that it turns miami into a legitimate playoff threat assuming quarterback development um and, and kind of that's going to be the key the key thing to, to follow with Miami. But I like Miami. I like what they've done. I like how they built their team. I like the uh, sort of the organic nature of it. You know that this team was pretty bad a few years ago and now they're being talked about as potential regulars in the playoffs. Um, I also like the Galladay signing. I think Galladay is underrated. You know, he's, I think he's proven he can be a number one receiver in this league. And, and, uh, Daniel Jones has played pretty well, better, I would say better than people expected considering his draft position. And he hasn't had like, I mean, outside of Saquon Barkley, his receivers have been pretty good. Sterling Shepard is solid. Um, Always hurt though. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the young receiver they got? Slayton. Uh, Darius Slayton. Yeah. Darius Slayton. I Mm. like Darius Slayton a lot. Golden Tate's okay. Um, he's, he's solid at what he does. I think Galladay gives them something they don't have, though, in, a, in that big body sort of end, uh, end zone, red zone receiving threat. So I like this signing. I know they, they definitely overpaid, um, wouldn't have it any other way with, with uh, Gettleman. So that's that's how it is. But I, I think it's a good signing. Trent Williams, also a good signing. I know it kind of puts the 49ers in a precarious position moving forward with their salary cap. But, I mean, we've talked about this on this podcast, that left tackle position, second most important position, yeah. probably. So... I like that signing. Trent Williams is, is getting a little older, but he's sort of to me in that Jason Peters vein where even though he's older, he's still a kind of a freak yep. and he has like at least probably 3 years, 3 4 years left in him, um, if not more. So I, I like that signing. Assuming health, I think Trent Williams is going to be an impact player. Verette proved himself too. 49ers are doing good things. All in all, um, it's it's been some it's been a good free agency. You know, the one that kind of is a head scratcher for me is why Corey Davis decided to go to the Jets. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? There, money, dollar, dollar bills, money, 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 dollar, money, dollar, money, dollar money. bills, yeah, money, money, and then fits magic to Washington football team. There were some talks about him <clears throat> potentially retiring.
2: I, th- I think low key now that the NFC East is going to be the most exciting division of football because it's going to be so tight once uh, again. Not, not, uh, not in the sense that it's like oh we have great teams everywhere, but all these teams like I don't know who's going to win. I mean, every team realistically got the chance to win. So, you have Washington now. They got Chris Samuel, too. He's a good player. But if it's Magic, if they had good quarterback play last year, they would have had a winning record. And if it's Magic, who knows who's going to show up week in, week out, but he can play. And also, Kenny Galladay to the Giants. If Daniel Jones, he long as he plays above average, that offense would look pretty good. And then the Cowboys, Dak, I mean, assuming he can carry that team from the bottom. Eagles, who knows who's going to show up, but. The NFC East once again might not be pretty, but it's going to go down to the wire. Yeah, yeah. I don't
1: know. I don't know. Exciting uh, is not the word I would <laughs> use for them. But uh, it'll be catastrophic. It, what do it, you think? It's going to be a barn barn burner <laughs> of there a go. division. It's Going to be a barn ca- catastrophic
0: barn burner. Catastrophic of a, barn burner. Of a, of a Love it. Division. That's what last. I mean, that's what last year was. It you was know, a race yeah. race to the bottom. It won't be pretty, yeah. but
2: it'll, so, it'll be good. It'll be good.
1: I do think Washington, paired with you know, if they get more consistent high-level quarterback play, whether that's oh, from right. Fitzmagic or Taylor Heineke, and you add in Curtis Samuel with Terry McLaurin, and you have that defense with that front still mostly intact. I know Ryan Kerrigan is still out there, um, but that that becomes a team that's that's going to be difficult to beat if the defense still plays at a high level and they can now score more than like seventeen points. You know, that's that that <laughs> helps for for sure. So uh, I, I think there are all of a sudden some, some real players and uh, are no longer the forgotten, forgotten uh, the forgotten team in, in the NFC East. So uh, I think they'll be kind of exciting to watch, especially with Fitzmagic Magic there throwing, slinging it around. They'll at least be entertaining to watch this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I still think it's Dallas's to lose, honestly, but we've seen them do this before, it, where it's yeah. been clearly theirs to lose, and they've just done they, they everything do it, they can yeah. to lose it. So... Um, in that sense, it will be interesting because, you know, you got a healthy Dak coming back. What can he do on his new deal? Um, each team kind of has their own unanswered questions at this point. So from that perspective, it is exciting, Durgan. I agree with you, um, but it's also sort of a rung down from, like, comp- competitiveness from other divisions. So in that sense, it's not exciting. But <laughs> I am, you know, my team is in that division, so it'll be interesting to see new coaches, new uh new qbs yeah. getting their chance especially on the eagles so um definitely an interesting division but not still not one of the best um the worst what, what about these other signings here yeah well do
2: you think it's the worst still like across the, the league in terms of talent mm-hmm. yes yes but it was exciting say yes no I,
1: I think the afc south is is maybe the worst i think i'd
2: agree mm, titans and
1: jaguars and texans and the titans just lost an insane amount of free agents but
2: they're still be good they'll they'll be all right so it, it's well right the Titans, but they'll be good because of the division they're in there is the most like disparity from two to three like you have two like on above average teams and then two just terrible teams
1: yeah and i don't think there's any pure terrible teams in the uh, nfc east
2: yeah they're all just yeah, below yeah, average. that's true yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough that's fair <laughs> yeah i, I want to make one point about free agency tyree kill noted a terrible human being actually made a good point the fact that they asked him, the chiefs asked him to restructure his contract. And he said no. And so a reporter asked him, like, you know, why did you do that? And then he was like, why would I do that? Like, why am I going to say no to more money? So I think the idea about how it's so easy to restructure contracts is not true. Because why would these guys turn down money when, you know, a lot of them didn't have much money growing up? Why do they say, oh, I want to defer this $10 million. You can cut me and I'll never see that money. So that's the problem with the Chiefs. That luckily they have Mahomes, who just said, "Okay, here's some money back." But when you get these guys all this money, and then you tell them, "Oh, we want it back," in my opinion, it's kind of a slap in the face.
0: Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the structure, though, because sure. there are mm-hmm. situations where you're saying, "Here's more guaranteed money, right?" And we're going to spread that out a little bit longer. So sure. it's it's I think it's a negotiation, as with anything, but yeah i don't know what the chiefs what their negotiations with tyree Hill were. he's not really in a position where the chiefs have leverage to do that yep. i mean he's one of the best and one of the most unique receivers in this league so you're not finding another tyree Hill anywhere uh bad person or not you know what i mean like nobody has that speed that he has so um yeah that was probably a shot in the dark from from them but uh what were you gonna say casey no i was
1: just gonna agree i mean it depends on how the the contracts are are structured you know sometimes they're trying to extend or you know the restructure it depends how they they want to look at it you know i mean they could they could front load it and put more guaranteed money early which gives them an out later um or they give more guaranteed money later so that they're you know they're taking away stuff this year but you know it's harder to cut them later on in in year three or four of the contract so you know i don't know the details of of tyree kill's contract and, and what they were trying to do there but um yeah I, I I don't especially with how ruthless the NFL teams are as a player, I would never be like, yeah, I'm just gonna take a pay cut and be okay with yeah. you know giving away some guaranteed money. Like they I think there's a lot of pressure from fans to do that. I'm like, oh, well, you're already making you know exactly 20 million dollars a year. Why can't you just give up five million so we can sign this guy to get us a Super Bowl? And I was like, well, you know, as soon as I have one bad year or I tear my ACL, they're gonna cut me without thinking twice. So there's no way I would give up any of my guaranteed money
0: yeah in the end it has to be a win-win right you have to be given something in order to restructure as a player right um whether that's more security more guarantees like casey said there's tons of risk with injury more so in nfl than any other sport so if if it's something where you feel like oh well you're going to guarantee this amount of money regardless then maybe it's worth restructuring um but yeah tyreek hill probably didn't see the need all true. Let's talk about some of the remaining free agents. There are there is a few left on the market, a few big names, some others that could be potential values for some teams. But let's uh, let's look at what we think about these guys. Dugan, talk talk about Richard Sherman a little bit. Why is he still sitting here? Why is he not signed?
2: He is very picky, and in, in a good way actually. He's a very smart player. He he is his own agent, so he knows he's not in a rush, and he doesn't want to go anywhere. I think where is going to be a waste of his time. If he's going to go somewhere, yeah. it's going to be, okay, I'm going to win a championship or I'm going to expand my own personal brand. So uh, he might go to a team like the Jets where it makes no sense, but he's always thinking two steps ahead. If he's living in New York, he's going to have more media opportunities, uh, bigger stage, or he might want to go to uh, like a Kansas City and try to compete. So he, he's, he's playing his cards right, I think, and kind of waiting, 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 and then waiting for the right moment to sign. And he's gonna be a big guy who won't sign for a ton of money uh, this contract with Niners was looked a lot, but a lot of it was incentive based. It was based on how many games you play, how many interceptions if you make a Pro Bowl or not. So he's a guy on betting with him, betting on himself, and also he's thirty plus years old, and his his legs are wearing down on him. He has two years left, he said, and then he's done. So I I expect a contender to come through, but he's kind of seeing what else, who else signs where. What? what, How much they're making? They're making more money than he expected. He's gonna wait for the right moment and then go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's a pure zone corner as as more now than he was ever in his career um you know i think he gets a a rap for not being a great athlete but he was like a four five four six guy i think at the combine when he ran so he wasn't unathletic he just really relied on uh, being a guy that understood the mental side of the game and you know he wasn't as quick twitch because he's a little longer so he he really relied on on that zone coverage where he could read you know route combinations and stuff like that and as his his legs start to you know, slow down a little bit. Um, you know that that becomes even more the case. So he he's a smart guy, like you said, and he's not going to pick a, t- a team that's going to ask him to go play man coverage. He's going to you know want to f- have a, a good scheme fit and something that he's mm-hmm. comfortable with uh, playing wise. And he he understands like if he plays like ass, you know the the money isn't there, the incentives aren't there if he tries to work those into his own contract and uh, all that kind of stuff. So I, I mean, I think his legacy is important to him as as much as anything else too so yeah, he doesn't want to go out sort of with a whimper he wants to continue to play at a high level and be in the right situation
0: yeah he'll, he'll most definitely sign with some sort of contender that being said casey durgan can you guys think off the top of your head um, of a contender that runs sort of a zone scheme that might be a good fit for richard certainly? yeah the green bay packers yeah <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: scheme yeah. everything you know take money aside the packers probably the best fit uh, I don't know if they can afford him. Yeah, I, mean, I just said he's not going to be a huge money guy. But I don't know if they want to invest all that money in the older player. Who knows? I think the Raiders would surprisingly be, make a lot of sense. Uh, he might not be a great scheme fit there. But they need some veteran presence in the back of their defense. Uh, also, I wouldn't be shocked. like I mentioned earlier New York Jets. I mean, not like a tender, but that lifestyle in New York. He's already said he wants to be in the booth when he retires or after he retires. He wants to be an analyst, a play by play guy, color commentator, whatever it is. He wants to be there. Most opportunities are there. So hmm. who knows? Also, Chiefs maybe they, they run a lot of man, but they don't have a one like lockdown corner. So maybe they'll try to fix their defense, change things around and have them play zone there. Who knows?
1: I mean, it could be even be re- reunited with the the Seahawks. Oh, Shaquille gosh. Barrett's with the with the Jaguars now. Oh. Maybe he goes back to Seattle and and plays with them because that's be- you know Pete Carroll's still there, and it would make Durgan really sad, which would make
0: me really happy. And <laughs> uh, there
1: you go. It's
0: a win-win for Casey and uh, Richard Sherman. There. <laughs> um, let's talk about some other free agents. So uh, here's a polarizing name, kind of an interesting one, and I'm curious what what we see happen if if we see something happen too. What about Antonio Brown? Oof. I think, yeah, I mean, go ahead, Bergen. I,
2: mean, I, th- I think it's, it's Buccaneers or bust, to be honest. I don't think anybody else wants that headache or wants to give yeah. any money. I think he'll take a relatively low contract to stay in the Bucs because he knows he's going to be on a contender. Uh, that being said, I mean, I don't even know if he's going to be in prison next year or not because he's still facing some very serious allegations and uh, uh, he has to go to court, I believe, the next few months. So maybe the team's waiting for that to kind of resolve. But I think his Buccaneers are nothing.
1: Yeah, he's sort of uh, at the stage where he takes those one-year deals until he's out of the league. At, at this point, I think um, you know he played fine last year. He wasn't you know that explosive guy that we were used to to seeing. I think part of that is the uh, presence of of Goodwin and and Scotty Miller and Mike Evans and and those guys taking a lot of the deep balls, but. Um, you know, he's he's uh, is he okay with being the third best receiver on the team and taking, you know, sort of minimal targets and, and getting, you know, two or three targets a game instead of uh, his his usual eight or nine or so uh, to be determined? But um, it seems like Tampa Bay would be the best uh, or most likely place if if they, they've re-signed fucking everybody from their Super they, Bowl team. Just literally, just, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know how Running they did back. it, but they did it. So congrats to them. I hate it. And uh, <laughs> you know maybe Antonio Brown will also be joining the the run it back 2.0 team and try to actually do it where the where the Chiefs failed.
0: Yeah, I mean wherever he goes, I also agree it's probably going to be the Bucks, but it's going to be a cheap deal probably with a ton of incentives inside it. So you know a lot of performance based pay. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I th- I still think he has some talent. I mean we saw him in in the Super Bowl. He played well. Um, the question is is that does the talent outweigh the things that come with it right so it might on a tom brady led team elsewhere maybe not so yeah. it'll be interesting to follow that storyline i think the last big name here um there's some other ones but the last big name that we should talk about probably Jadavian Clowney. um Whoa. big name medium performance what do you what do we think here
2: nobody loves jadevion Clowney more than jadevion Clowney does uh, he's going he's gonna to wait until August so he can skip training, camp, all that stuff, and sign a week before the season. Um, give you four sacks. Probably miss three or four games. What uh, team I should like for him to go to is the Cleveland Browns. They need a pass rusher opposite of Miles Garrett. And they were one of the teams last year interested in him uh, before he signed with the Titans. So I, I, I'd like the Browns. Uh, maybe Titans reunite. They need some pass rushers too. So we'll see what happens. Uh, He's going to do with a contender though. He's not going to go on a team that's going to lose. That's, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's an elite run defender still, uh, and has not lived up to the hype as a pass, pass rusher. Um, so it's going to take a, you know, I wouldn't expect, I think the still, as we've talked about before, the name carries a lot of weight and the production doesn't, uh, as far as like the gaudy pass rushing stats and sacks and pressures and that kind of stuff. Um, but he, he is very solid against the run. And, um, you know, if someone needs a, a, a guy there that's going to give solid rotation and, and uh, sort of bolster that, that side and that, that weakness, um, then he'll be a good fit. I think he'll still find a way to get overpaid a little bit and, like you said, miss a couple games and, and sign late. But um, that's sort of just what, what he is at this point
0: yeah he always does doesn't he he always finds a way um that name alone that you know that one hit from college just <laughs> kind of propelling everything yep um but yeah we we can move on here. I think we covered most of the most of the big name signings. there's a ton of other ones, and there's a bunch of still still um available free agents check out weeklysprout.com if you want to keep up to date with all of these signings there's some some interesting content there, but real quick w- before we transition, I want from each of you your favorite signing so far not your own team yeah just
2: in <laughs> all right i got one john johnson to the browns uh, underrated signing he was the voice of the rams defense the last few years played safety and last year the browns had no secondary besides denzel ward and had i mean i don't like these guys but the worst graded pff starting safeties insert him he's gonna do a lot in the back end
0: okay all right i like it casey what about you Uh,
1: you really put me on the spot here I need like a list in front of me I'm trying to trying to think um I mean I do really like Will Fuller to uh, to Miami I think that helps a lot and if you're gonna sort of like the the Giants did with Galladay and Daniel Jones um you know give Tua some weapons to work with and so you can really take a good evaluation with him you know you have Devontae Parker now you have you have Fuller and uh you kind of need a running back in there as well but um, as well as a little bit of help on the offensive line, but you have Gasecki and and you know all of a sudden there's some some real tools on offense for him to work with. So I really like that, and I, I like the the chances for the Dolphins coming up this year.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think uh, I think Will Fuller compliments Devontae Parker well, and when what they both like to do. Um, I think mine's going to be Kyle Long. I, I just like the Long family, and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know Chris was on the, the Super Bowl team, so. uh kyle long to kansas city that's that's a that's an interesting one and i think it's going to help my homes a lot more than people realize so uh that is mine let's transition here we'll be covering free agency stay tuned to the next episode we'll, we'll uh, recap what's happened between now and then as well but let's go into our would you rather series we have some interesting hypotheticals here and uh we'll kind of walk through them and give you our position on each some weirder than others but uh here's Here's one which I don't even know that this is answerable to be honest, but we can we can try. Would you rather only sign free agents or only build through the draft, assuming you're building a team? Casey, you go first yeah, I went with free agency
1: just because I think. Uh, while you have sort of bargain stuff in, in the draft, that doesn't really matter if you can't sign free agents, right? Like all those rookie contracts are great and you can, you know, wheel and deal and try to get as many draft picks as you want. But uh, all those cap savings you get from the rookie deals doesn't really matter because you can't pay anyone afterwards. Um, so y- you may never get multiple top tier guys if you're going the free agency route, but um I, I think it's too hard to replace guys consistently if you're only going through the draft. You'd you'd basically have to hit on a quarterback every single four years. You know what I mean? Like you draft Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or something like that, and you know in four years they're gonna be gone. So you gotta find another guy constantly. It's it's really like a college program or a high school program where you just you have your guys for four years and then they're out the door and you gotta sort of cycle through and, and keep going. And I think in the NFL uh, especially when rookies really struggle most of the time, it would be too difficult to do that. And so, uh, you know, you may have to go bargain hunting a little bit in free agency, but I, I think that's probably the easier way, in my opinion, to, to build a team that's competitive through free agency.
2: And I'm one with the draft because I'm a draft guy, so I got to stick with the brand. And I think that's a way you win championships in the NFL. Uh, other sports are different because you're not getting that impact uh, right out of the gate. But guys in their first two years are making an impact, whether they're starting or off the bench. And you have these guys, you have first rounders for five years, you have second through seventh rounders for four years. That's enough time to really develop talent. So if you stagger it out right, you can get a lot of guys who are starting in their third and fourth year, also young blood coming through, also have a lot cheaper. So you can fill out a whole team with young talent. long as that quarterback position right, you're in good shape.
1: Yeah, but four or five teams have gotten the quarterback position right. That's that's the problem.
2: Well, a, lot got, well, a lot of teams get the, a lot of teams get that right, but a lot of teams also get it wrong.
0: Here's the question: Really, do you get more draft picks? Like, no, I you, mean,
1: you get your draft picks. What you do, you can do whatever you want to, to get more. But you're no different than anyone else.
0: Okay, but that's not even. How do you even fill a team? Like. I'm, also I'm struggling true. with this I question mean, get, just because get, i i weight these equally in my in my mind like i feel like a good gm is good at both of these things and that's how a team comes together so that's why it's a good would you rather i don't know but i <laughs> i don't know how to answer it i mean i feel like
1: you can trade away your first round pick you can trade around previous picks you can do whatever you want to get more picks but you get you know you get seven a year plus compensatory so
0: then i'm gonna go free agency too I think it's a little bit easier you know what you're getting with, with with what you're signing with who you're who you're signing so um yeah I'll go free agency all righty next one would you rather return the opening kickoff for a touchdown or the second half kickoff for a touchdown
1: i i went for the the second half touchdown i think that You know, you think about if you return the opening kickoff, that's great, but you got uh, about 59 minutes to recover from that. In the second half, whether you're up big or down big or it's a close game, uh, there's only 30 minutes to recover from that. And you know, a deficit turns into a much smaller one, a lead turns into a much bigger one. It can be sort of the nail on the coffin, like we we saw with the Seahawks and the Broncos in the Super Bowl. They returned that second half touchdown for or second half kickoff for a touchdown, and then all of a sudden it was like this is unreachable for the Broncos. So I, I really think that can get you back in the game in the second half or or pull away in the second half. And uh, I think you know it's nice to start 7-0 but uh, i think it's a lot easier to recover that from that than the second half touchdown
2: give me the opening kickoff uh sets the tone for the whole game i'd rather be a team that's no ahead early than team trying to catch up even if it's just a one score in the second half you can be down three touchdowns and you score the first one you're still down two scores so that doesn't help too much in my eyes i'd rather In general, receive the second opening, second kickoff uh, to open the half. But in terms of actually scoring a touchdown, first one set the tone, get get that momentum on your side early, and go from there.
0: Okay. I mean, listen, I'm good either way. We're scoring a touchdown on a return, right? So whatever. But um, I'd probably go with second half too, just because you know it. it, it, There's less of a stretch for that momentum to carry, right? Like if you if you return the first. Half uh, kickoff for a touchdown, uh, like Casey said, you have to sustain that momentum over an entire game. That's just not realistic to me. I think if you come in in the second half, knock them in the knock them in the jaw, you're 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 better off for it. So I'd go I'd go second half. Um, obviously, it's contextual depending on how the game's going. Like if you're down like 50 points, then it's irrelevant either way. But um, I'd go second half, all things considered. Let's go to the next one. Would you rather have no draft picks one year, or lose your starting quarterback for a season? I went with losing the quarterback for a season. I these think are horrible. This these, is hey, terrible.
1: Hey, man. <laughs> no, no, no. Not the hypothetical. Like
0: This is just a depressing situation to find yourself in regardless.
1: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I've I've seen Aaron Rodgers go down for a season before, so uh, I, I think I— You know, in retrospect, it really depends on the situation. But I think in general, losing a quarterback for a season is... uh more palatable because i think there can be more long-term damage from having no draft picks and that can be harder to overcome long term than than just losing having basically a lost season with no quarterback and sometimes you know you lose your quarterback whether they're average or or not and you get a tom brady or a guy that shows some flashes and uh, you get a jimmy g or whatever it may be and and find a guy that can can really be productive for you and maybe that's your long-term guy sort of like brett Favre and um Don Magikowski in the, in the early 90s. So uh, there there can be some good things, I guess, from losing a quarterback. But I think losing all the draft picks would be too damaging.
2: I agree. Uh, if you don't have any draft picks, in my eyes, that means you went, went for it all one season. And if you don't win a championship, then it's all for nothing. Now, losing a quarterback, it's bad, uh, especially if you have an elite quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady even. But you can... Still, kind of save your season and build your identity around something else. Also, like I was like, you say, you can find out who you have in your backup quarterback and maybe you can be a replacement. So, yeah, you hit nail the head. No draft picks, that means your whole future is gone. And unless you have a superstar quarterback who's young, that's going to be a killer.
0: I think I agree with both of you. Assuming that losing your quarterback means they're exactly coming back them as themselves, right? Like it's not some sort of long term right, injury that's yeah. gonna change the performance, you know, having been through something like that personally with Carson Wentz. But I would probably I would probably pick the same. I think uh like you mentioned Casey, just the long term effects. I'd rather take a hit, short term, lose a quarterback, kind of write a season off almost and uh and then go from there. A la forty ers with uh when uh when they got Nick Bosa. Yeah. So sure. I'd probably do that same sort of thing. Um Let's go to the next one. This one, another quarterback-related question. Assuming you have a quarterback in place, would you rather draft a generational talent at left tackle or an edge rusher on the defensive side?
2: A a generational edge rusher. Make that clear. Yeah, generational talent,
0: left tackle, or edge rusher. Correct, correct, correct.
2: Yes. Uh, I'll go first since this is my my brainchild. Give me the left tackle. (laughs) Give me the left tackle because... I'm not saying it's tough to find a generational left tackle, but it is because think about it now and who is the you know, slam dunk, guaranteed Hall of Famer left tackle? I don't think you can name like, oh, this guy is like for sure going to Canton. Probably a few that like will yeah, probably get in, but much tougher to find a left tackle than it's find an edge rusher. Edge rushers, you can find a lot of quality ones in my opinion. Uh, there are the elites. There are the Lawrence Taylors of the world. Uh, the J.J. Watson is prime even. Uh, right now we have like miles garrett but those guys you can find other production you can find two edge rushers to kind of make up for that left tackle second most important position in football like cyrus said earlier give me that
1: yeah i'm gonna disagree i'm gonna say that there it's easier to to get around having uh an average tackle. I mean, you can I can I got a list right here. We got Mitchell Schwartz, we got Ryan Ramschek, we got David Bakhtiari, Ronnie Staley, Teron Armstead, Lane Johnson, Tyron Smith, Trent Williams, Anthony well, Costanzo, okay. Jake Matthews, Laramie Tunsell, Taylor LeJuan, Jack mm. Conklin. Okay. All these many- guys are very solid tackles. Solid. And if okay, we're talking on, about on, a on. generational, generational Some of those guys edge. We're guy. considered generational though. Just so sure. Sure, yeah. but there's a lot there's a lot of left tackles and right tackles of the league that can play at a very high level. There's very few really dominant edge rushers, and I think that's more impactful. If you're getting a generational guy, you're talking Lawrence Taylor, you're talking Reggie White, uh, you're talking Aaron Donald, sort of these guys. I know Aaron Donald's not an edge guy, um, but I think that's harder to find than a, a tackle that's at least serviceable, um, because I think you can survive with you know average tackles. If you just just have a, a guy that's generational at the edge, uh, I think that really sets you up for for a long time on defense, and it's easier to replace and, and move stuff around on defense to help that guy out than than it is to you know struggle to find pressure.
0: I would I would agree. I, okay, this is tough now because you kind of swayed me a little, Casey. I was going <laughs> left tackle for sure, um, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with left tackle. I I disagree in the sense that. Basically what you're insinuating is that the drop off from a generational left tackle to like a left tackle you can sign is less than a, the drop off between a generational edge rusher and an edge rusher you can sign. Mm, yes. I exactly. think they're almost equatable when I look at like the free agent options available. I do think the impact of an edge rusher is more noticeable um on the defensive side of the ball, but that being said, I mean if you have a if you have a quarterback in place, you want to help that quarterback out, and I think the left tackle helps them out a little bit more. And and, uh, it's, in my opinion, you're the coach, so feel free to jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a little easier to scheme... Oh, you didn't even let me finish. (laughs) You didn't even let me finish. Uh, Anyway, back to my thought. It's a little easier to scheme pressure as a a defensive coordinator than it is to scheme athletic 330-pound left tackle that can hold his own and and, uh, protect your quarterback. So i don't know if it's me and i have the crown jewel of the franchise i'm protecting that first and that's what the left tackle does also yeah
2: one quick point left tackles typically age better than edge rushers in my opinion
1: sure i would agree with that i just think that you know you can manufacture pressure but that involves blitzing and that compromises your defense in in different ways um I think it goes back to a question we asked a while ago. I don't remember in what context, but um, I I really feel like you got to have at least two or three offensive linemen to take that over uh, a dominant edge guy because one left tackle or one right tackle does not make an entire like one great tackle does. You know, if the rest of your guys are trash, it doesn't really matter. You know, the impact of one guy on the offensive line is is great, but it's less impactful. Like you said, it's less visual, obviously too, but. you need help along the offensive line and not just one guy whereas if it's an edge rusher everyone else can be dog shit and if you you can rush the passer and beat one-on-one stuff outside as as an edge guy you can save plays and make really big impact momentum swings on the defense
0: true but you can also double team i mean we saw the packers do that to aaron donald for instance and you know it worked out that's obviously interior not an edge rusher as much i mean he lines up on the edge too but um anyway we're kind of like there's really no wrong answer here sure. i think uh we're talking potentially about the second and third most important positions behind quarterback in case you we can flip them however you want don't worry <laughs> but um yeah i mean it's an interesting question and i'm curious to kind of dive into that more i'd be curious to hear what everybody else has to has to say about this too if you're listening and you want to tell us what you would prefer for your dream franchise you can tweet at us at uh, weekly spiral we'll We'll engage with you on that and argue with you. Casey will vehemently argue against you probably. Um, Let's talk about the last one we have here. This one is a little more specific and kind of goes into the 2018 draft and the quarterback position specifically in the 2018 draft. Baker Mayfield, first overall pick in that draft. You know, since then, seeing how everything played out, obviously Cleveland has been kind of a revolving door of uh, different coaching staffs and different situations. But would you still have picked Baker Mayfield first overall or would you have picked a different quarterback, and if so, who?
2: Yes, so as crazy as it sounds, I'm still going with Baker. I would argue that Baker is a third-best quarterback. He's, I think even Lamar Jackson, all of our guy, Lamar Jackson. Wait, wait, wait. I've mentioned him in a while.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Wait. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, you're saying is better than Baker
2: Mayfield? Yeah, it's tough to say, but yeah. I, wow. I, at this point, so you yeah, must really hate really. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> no,
0: for, for real.
2: <laughs> I just don't think Baker Mayfield is that good. But all that being said, no, Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen would have failed in Cleveland because Hugh Jackson was in and out. Freddie Kitchens was there. It was terrible. Baker Mayfield was the only one that was pro ready enough to come in there and be okay. I mean, Lamar Jackson. John Harbaugh has done a great job of coaching staff and developing him and building that whole team around him, essentially. Uh, Josh Allen, his first year, it wasn't pretty. But Brian Dable has done a great job in developing him. So I don't think if they were in Cleveland and they didn't have that type of coaching, they would be as good as they are right now. And Baker Mayfield, he's got better, I think, every season. uh, But he is the one that's the safest out of those three. And the other two quarterbacks that went first round, uh, Sam Darnold, who I'm still a believer in, and the Chosen Rosen uh, obviously are uh, struggling right now to find their footing in the NFL. So I think all being said, Baker Mayfield it was still the right decision, even if he is not the best player.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think Baker uh, overall has had the best career out of all those quarterbacks. Um, very wait, consistent.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying that, wait, so now you're a Lamar Jackson hater because you're saying that he's better than Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do think he's better than Lamar. What Jackson.
2: is happening? Things
0: have changed, <laughs> flipped.
1: Uh, uh, I mean, Baker Mayfield has been very consistent. Thirty-seven hundred <laughs> yards his his first year, um, twenty-seven touchdowns to fourteen interceptions. His second year, thirty-eight hundred yards um 22 touchdowns to 21 interceptions that was a tough one with freddie kitchens and then this last year 3500 yards 26 touchdowns to eight interceptions so he's always in that mid 20s touchdowns 3500 to 3800 yards uh and the interceptions and and the other guys have been a little bit more inconsist- inconsistent josh allen has obviously ascended um but as Cyrus has loved to say, he may regress to the mean. He may not. Uh, you know, he's got to continue that production the next couple of years to really cement himself as the the home run hit of that draft. And um, like you said, the consistency in Buffalo has been a lot better for, for Josh Allen. And uh, I think Baker Mayfield sort of has the personality to embody that city and to sustain uh, success and, and overcome tough situations, maybe more than the, the more raw prospects that were, were in the draft uh, that year, at least at the quarterback position. Uh,
0: I agree. I, I agree. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, you know i okay i'm gonna i'm gonna say i might just take lamar jackson like straight up straight up he's the most dynamic quarterback out of this group he brings something to the table that none of the other ones do closest would be josh allen but not to the same degree um i understand the adversity i understand all that but he just has different qualities that you can't teach and I think he allows you to do things on offense that none of these other quarterbacks do. Baker Mayfield played well. He, I mean, he's, he was, was up and down so far throughout his career. He had a pretty decent season his rookie season. He had a pretty decent season last season. But Lamar Jackson was the MVP for a reason. You know, he's the only one out of this group to do that, too. So I, I don't know. I mean, Josh Allen got close to it, but I, I think I'd go Lamar Jackson, honestly. What do you have to say about that, Durkin? I know you, you're you're steaming. This
2: <laughs> no, my my one rebuttal is picking a running back first overall uh, typically doesn't go well. So that's why. That's ha, why ha, I don't ha. know if he can go with Lamar Jackson at that
0: point. <laughs> so funny, so funny. But he won the MVP at the quarterback position. Just so you know, because
2: good coaching, good coaching, and good scheme around him. You won't have that in Cleveland till now, obviously. But first two years wouldn't have that.
1: That is fair. it is you true i mean Hugh jackson would dial it up
2: for for lamar i don't know what he would do that would be ugly
0: it is a good sort of existential point to, to bring up really about the difference between you know talent and coaching and how good coaches bring out the talent right so it's a it's a tough situation to analyze because we really don't know like it could be a situation maybe if josh allen was on one of these other teams you know and didn't and and or uh, Josh uh not Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, yep. sorry, different Josh. Mm-hmm. We may see if we may have seen him rise. I mean, he had all the talent coming out of college, right? Um Sam Darnold, same thing. If he wasn't on the Jets, he got drafted somewhere else, would would he be talked in this conversation as oh, we should have picked Sam Darnold first overall because he was pretty touted coming out of college got a USC. So I don't I don't know. It's a it's tough to analyze these t- sorts of things because the situation does have a big impact, but I think if anybody was in a position to do what Baker did, I guess, and kind of rise above that, it would be Lamar Jackson just because of what he brings to the table. That's so different than all these other guys. Anyways, that's my take. I know, okay. I you're both Lamar Jackson haters <laughs> now. Casey joined team. Durgan uh, from- I I, I'm not I a hater. I, just,
1: I like Baker Mayfield. Huh. I think he's, he's been more, more consistent than, than any of the other quarterbacks. You know what you're getting from Baker Mayfield and, you know with a situation like durgan sort of laid out i think he's the the safest bet to, to put that's in true. that cleveland situation
0: yeah i mean he's got the best commercials out of all of these guys <laughs> yeah. that's for sure best actor by far uh, best easily. actor not even close not even close um but yeah let's wrap things up there on episode 83 thank you for sticking with us and tuning in we greatly appreciate it before we head out i want to give my co-host a chance to plug some content that you guys should be checking out casey what do you got coming up for the listeners
1: yeah, revisiting Kyle Pitts. I know Durgan did uh, an article on him uh, maybe a month or two ago, and I he got me excited, so I went and did my own uh, film analysis myself, and and got some some All Twenty Two and took a look at him, and uh, you know I, I mirror what Dur- Durgan said in in a lot of ways, but um, I also have some some interesting. Uh, views on his blocking and and sort of how he fits as a route runner too that i think a, a lot of uh media outlets are, are maybe missing a little bit so check that out it'll be out on thursday on on youtube awesome
0: excited for that yeah he had a pretty wild pro day from what i heard so that'll yeah, be uh yeah. that'll be interesting uh what about you dergan
2: yeah i'm back to Kyle will pitch really quickly we're going to talk about a lot about these guys in the upcoming weeks so a bit closer to the draft uh yeah but Kyle Pitts, he can play Uh, my work coming up or already out actually I have a mock draft that came out Monday some of the picks are already uh, a little dated because of free agency and how that went down but still give it a look I did some trades that kind of switched things up some traditional uh, viewpoints also uh, Rashawn Slater office alignment from Northwestern probable top 10 pick might be the first uh, office alignment taken in the draft we'll see Uh, his scouting report is up
0: awesome excited for that as well This has been a Weekly Spiral Production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us and tuning in. We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, night, evening, whenever you're listening to this, it is awesome, and we'll catch you next week for episode 84.